Hello, I say hey, 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 What are we today? Are we one week from Christmas? We are one week from Christmas Eve. We are one week from Christmas Eve. Might as well make the announcement right now. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I do believe we will take the two weeks off. Now, I know for super fans, I know. You listen to every episode. You go, but Polly, a month or two ago, you didn't do a podcast. I think I know I didn't do a podcast at least one. I think I might have had two weekends where I didn't do a podcast. And then when I came back, I said, well, he listened. The OCD in me will uh, not allow me to miss more than two podcasts in a week, uh, in a year. And I always miss the two at the holidays. So, hey, as long as I do the two at the holidays, we'll still be fine, right? So we'll see about the next two weeks. Here's what I'm going to tell you. We'll see. I feel like I would like to reserve the right to make the decision. What I will tell you, if you don't see a podcast next Sunday, if you don't see a podcast the Sunday after that, just know that I made the decision to beat the OCD. And you might think, oh, he's kidding. I'm not all that kidding. I have problems. Like, OCD is an actual thing for me. It is. I've got weird routines that I do. It's not good. It's not pretty. I'm, you know, it's just who I am. Uh, addiction issues, of course. I think, on the one hand, the negative is I am certainly addictive. On the uh, good hand, I have managed to never become addicted to anything illegal. Uh, No drugs, no alcohol, thank God. But I have certainly in my life been addicted to cigarettes when I was young. Smoked from age 16 to about 24. And then as I was older, now, here now... I'm addicted to uh, food and stress. And I think, you know, I, I'm in therapy and the, the therapy that I've gone through, we've sort of gone down the road of what exactly is it that I'm addicted to. I may be addicted to stress and then I am medicating my stress with the food and the whole package of stressing myself out and then eating to um, eating to medicate the stress. The whole package is the addiction, not just the stress or just the food, right? Like that's sort of the addiction is that whole package, which which on the which sucks because there's a couple things about that, and I say this because as I woke up this morning, you know it's about six thirty Sunday morning. I've been up for about forty five minutes or so at this point, and one of the first things I did was I just scrolled through social media and read some news, and it's the uh, you know equivalent of what years ago was you know pop open the paper, crack open the newspaper, and read the news. This is me. This is what it is in 2023. We scroll the social media and we read the news. And one of the pieces of news I read this morning was that Matthew Perry, Chandler from Friends, Matthew Perry did indeed have an illegal substance in his uh, in his body when he passed away. Um, it was ketamine and he had enough for what you would expect a patient on anesthesia to have in their body. And then, of course, he got into a body of water being a hot tub, which is never a good idea on anesthesia, right? So uh, really sad to hear that. He had been battling addiction for many years. And again, it's what I look at and I go, geez, there's no doubt to me, no doubt that I have addiction. No doubt I have an addictive personality and I'm an addiction person. I just thank freaking God that I never got addiction to something illegal. I never got addiction to drugs. And by the way, never touched drugs. Uh, probably probably for very good reason. Never touched drugs um, and have managed never to become addicted to alcohol, even though I will have some drinks here and there. It's just not on my radar. 
what it was when I was young, again, like I said, it was cigarettes from age 16 to probably about 24 or so. And then when I was um, uh, or in my adult life, it's been addiction to what I, I think is putting myself in stressful situations and then sort of medicating that stress with with food. And um, the other thing, the, the couple things about that that are actually good is that putting myself in stressful situations is what has made me successful. Right? That's the hard part of this whole deal. It's made me successful. I'm, uh, you know, I was a very, very, in my previous career in radio, I was a very hard worker. Um, I was putting in just voluntarily 60 hours a week, getting paid for about 20 of them, (laughs) just to get better, just to rise the ranks. And once I realized a combination of things, number one, there were people in place that were just never going to let me rise the ranks. And number two... Uh, that I had this passion for this other business and that this other business was taking off and that in this other business, I was the owner and therefore nobody was going to be able to put any handcuffs on me and stop me from growing. I just saw limited potential. And so um, I have uh, you know, managed to become addicted to work and pushing myself as hard as I possibly can at work, which of course creates stress, which of course... I eat to medicate. So, again, that's where I, I think my addiction is. But it's a nasty thing. It is a nasty thing. And I remember, speaking of my old gig, um, I remember the Kimberly and Beck show on in the afternoon. And Kimberly, who people have many opinions about, good, bad, it's okay. And to be honest with you, and it's a terrible thing for me to say, my opinions on her were also pretty mixed. There were some things I did admire about Kimberly and some things I didn't. And that's probably the same for most human beings out there, right? The people I'm close to in life are people I tend to admire more than not admire. But anyway, one of the things I did not admire about Kimberly was her stance on addiction. She didn't think it existed. She said people can't be addicted. Now, I'm not here to argue the specifics of that or the science of that, even though there is plenty of science that will show you addiction is real. What I'm here to say is that I used to be so jealous just jealous when I would hear her or anyone else for that matter tell you that addiction isn't real because what's their logic? Their logic is always stop, just don't do it. Oh, you're addicted to to, uh, to alcohol? Just stop drinking, right? Just go, just cold turkey. Just go sober. Why wouldn't you just do that? You don't. Nobody's forcing you to drink. I would hear that and I would be so jealous because I would go, oh my god, that is somebody who truly does not have the addiction gene. They don't have it. She doesn't have it because only somebody who can talk like that, you know, so only somebody who doesn't have the addiction gene could talk like that. It's just so, again, just so damn jealous of that. Anyway, the thing about being addicted to what I'm addicted to is it's made me work hard, which has grown my business to a level that I never thought it would get to. And to be honest with you, it's just the beginning. This week on Wednesday, we have every intention of signing a deal with a construction company to double the size of our building. Probably just a tad bit above double the size of our building. Uh, That will allow us to hopefully at least double our production. Our overall gross revenue number right now is at a level I did never think I'd see. Imagine doubling that. And then what happens after that? Another expansion. Another doubling. I ain't stopping. That's me. I'm competitive and I'm addicted to it. And the good thing about that is I ain't stopping. 
<clears throat> the other good thing about my addiction is it's made me a decent cook. <laughs> it's, because I really like take time, right? I really want to. It's not just my food addiction isn't just shoveling food in my mouth. It's like, it's like, like literally last night. I'll, I'll give you a good example of this. So yesterday I'm at work. I, I didn't go to work till about two in the afternoon or so. It was a later day for me because Ryan's at Redbird. And um, I go to work, put in about six hours or so. I'm leaving about eight o'clock. And I need to get some stuff for sauce for this morning, just some meats and stuff like that. And uh, I'm thinking, well, geez, what should I, what, you know, what should I have for dinner tonight? I'm, I'm hungry. I should get some for dinner tonight. And I'm looking up the, the uh, recipe for lobster risotto. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'll just make some lobster risotto. No big deal. But it's because on, and here's something we got to get to, is Feast of the Seven Fishes menu. That's right. That is one week from today. And I have not fully written my menu yet. In fact, I plan on writing my menu pretty much so after this. I, my plan after this podcast is get a cup of coffee, sit down with a pen and paper, and uh, and start writing at least until my family wakes up. Um, and then hopefully even after that, I'll get a chance. To, i got to get this thing written out. I, I, I don't have it written out yet. I did pre-order my crab legs and my shrimp cocktail just because those are two things you want to get a pre-order on. Almost anything else they usually have between Palmer's and then I'll usually go to Palmer's for everything and then I'll kind of fill in the gaps with Wegmans. But uh, but anyway, the the king the colossal king crab legs. That's the one thing you want to put a reservation on because otherwise people just gobble those up right away. So <coughs> I'm I had decided in the past I've done lobster mac and cheese a couple of years. This year we're splitting the kids table off with the adult table. The kids are like the little kids, so they're not going to appreciate lobster mac and cheese. So for them, I'm going to do just mac and cheese straight out of the box and fish sticks. Believe me, I know that sounds bad, but that's all they want. So that's what I'm going to do. But I want to incorporate like a lobster into the dinner, but the adults have had lobster mac and cheese for the last couple of years. And it's not that I won't serve the same dish year after year because there's a few classics that I will serve year after year. But I don't know that lobster mac and cheese is a classic, so I decided this year I'm going to do a lobster risotto. I guess while we're into it, let's talk about the Feast of the Seven Fishes, right? So we are, remember it's on a Sunday this year, and there is football on the Sunday, so I'm probably going to have people over here a little earlier than I'm used to, at least my parents, because the Browns play at 1 o'clock, and I'm assuming my parents will come in time for that. I will have a charcuterie board and a shrimp cocktail tray out at 4 o'clock. That's when people have been invited to come over. So you walk in the house, immediately you're hit with a mini bar, a, uh, a charcuterie board, and a shrimp cocktail. That will be the case until probably roughly 5.15, because people won't show up right at 4. They'll show up 4, 4.15. So I want to give people a good hour with the apps and the drinks. Let everyone get into their second drink, I would say. And this is when we're going to line the table with a plastic tablecloth. I'm going to put all my crab crackers out there and lay out all my butters. And it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for the king crab legs. And then for about 20 straight minutes, I'm just going to be dropping king crab legs in boiling water and, uh, and, and throwing them out onto the table. And that is a hit. That's like my, and then people wonder, they go, where's my Christmas present? And I go, you want to see the receipt for the king crab legs? <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the big treat is these king crab, this king crab leg course. Um, after that, we'll be closing in on six o'clock. That's fish sticks and mac and cheese for the kids. So that, you know, that's a quick thing for me to turn around, but it's something, you know, I got to at least put a little bit of effort into. So I will, uh, I, I got to knock out that for 10 or 15 minutes. 
Um, and then I'll start quietly working on the dinner portion, which will come a good hour after that, 7, 7.30. Uh, the dinner, as we've discussed, uh, will have a lobster risotto as a new dish. I'm also thinking my other new dish. There's two other potential new dishes. One of them is uh, a, a um, sautéed calamari as opposed to a fried calamari. This year I would like to try sautéed squid. So I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a sautéed squid. Um, I had been, but I'm starting to back off on, the notion of doing a gumbo. I had, I had been in New Orleans, ate gumbo all week in Louisiana. I was in Baton Rouge and New Orleans. I came home, made a gumbo, thought it turned out really, really well. And again, back to the addiction thing, right? Like, who does that? <laughs> Who's like, oh, I'm going to learn how to make gumbo now. I did it, and I think I got good at making gumbo, but I, I just don't know. I mean, the one good thing about the gumbo, I will say, if I wanted to do that, is that I could knock it out early. Because the other thing about putting out all these dishes that I have to put out for dinner is you've got a timing issue, right? You've got like seven or eight different things that all need to come out at the same time. And I do have a hot box, like a catering hot box that'll keep things relatively hot. Um, it's not perfect. It won't keep things hot all day, but it will. I, I would say it slows the cooling process of dishes down quite a bit to where I can probably have something come out piping hot, put it into this hot box, and be safe to serve it a half hour later without needing to rewarm it. So, yeah, so it's it's pretty good. Um, it's not invincible. It's not going to hold things for hours, but it will give me about an hour or even a little bit less than an hour, maybe up to an hour of time where I can be pulling dishes uh, that don't need to get on the table for another 20, 30, 40 minutes. See what I'm saying? So anyway, um, gumbo's easy. I can make that ahead of time. So I got the lobster risotto, the gumbo, and the, the sautéed calamari. Those are my new dishes. My classic dishes, of course, is a seafood pasta. Um, I've always just done anchovy pasta with some cheese and stuff. There's some talk, speaking of new dishes this year, of maybe doing more of a seafood pasta, tossing some clams in there or something like that. Uh, I know that, you know, for me and my father and, and my mother, for that matter, this is a, an ongoing tradition from what used to happen at my grandpa's house on Christmas Eve. So my grandpa would never have tossed clams in there. So I uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. Or maybe a Muscles Marinara, something like that. Muscles Marinara, by the way, my wrestling name. Uh, maybe something like that, but I don't know. Maybe a dolled-up pasta dish and then still some anchovy pasta. That's a classic. Of course, bacalao, salt cod, that's a classic. I'll do some fried haddock, just st standard straight-up fish fry. Um, and then I'll also do some baked cod or baked haddock or some sort of just healthy dish. I always want to make sure I have at least one thing that really has just been, you know, as almost untouched. I may even do like one little casserole dish where I do a somewhat decent sized piece of ha uh, cod and a somewhat decent sized piece of salmon and just bake them off with a little salt and pepper. Like, you know what I mean? Just like a, almost nothing, almost not even touch it, just to have some nice healthy options for people. Um, we'll have some schmelts. We'll have some, uh, uh, what else am I missing here? Oh, I got I'm always going to do one Italian dish. I will likely do a lasagna. Um, I'm missing, I feel like I'm missing stuff. What am I not saying? Perch, got to have some perch. Perch is a sort of a pan fry. It's a uh, special breading and then kind of just rolls around in the oil till it gets nice. 
Um, 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 am I missing something? I need a potato, right? I need some sort of a potato. Okay, anyway, I get like I said, I haven't written the menu yet, so I feel like I am missing some stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. So, Feast of the Seven Fishes it is. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Big day today, though. Or, you know what the one negative on the Feast of the Seven Fishes is? Because I was about to say big day today, making sauce. The negative is... For the next two weeks, you got holidays, right? Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. I think it's entirely feasible that this is my last Sunday sauce for three weeks. I don't think it's going to be until three weeks from today that I get to make sauce again. That's a bummer. That stinks. No good. No good. I love me uh, sauce and football. And, yeah, that's the other good thing. That's the other good point about what am I going to eat early Christmas Eve? See, food addiction. I'm already thinking about it. Uh, Bills, Browns both play today. I love, I love it when they line up back to back like this. Last week was so much fun. It was just from one o'clock until eight o'clock. I was watching my football teams. Right this week, uh, same thing. Browns one o'clock. They are home against the Bears, and then the uh, Bills home against the Cowboys. I, can we talk about the Bills for a second? This Bills game is the game that is going to make or break your season, and I'm telling you it to you right now. You guys win this game, and it's over. We're back to talking about the Super Bowl. Wait a second. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I have a special guest star coming to me right now for the podcast. His name is Leo Guglielmo, and he's here to give a review. Hi, Leo. Hi. Can you please give us a review of Disney on Ice that you went to yesterday? Uh, I went to Disney on Ice, and it was so fun. Who did you see? On an Alpha. Mm-hmm. What else? Beauty and the Beast. Oh, you saw Beauty and the Beast on ice? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Can I ask you a question? What? Here, can you stand up, please? Stand up. Oy. Okay. Can I ask you a big question? This is really important because Santa Claus listens to Daddy's podcast. Yeah. What do you want for Christmas? Give me the whole list. Uh, I'm... I'm going to swallow you some stuff that's a little different. Okay. Uh-oh. The Bobby Dream Campbell, the Bobby Dream Boat, the Bobby Dream Ambulance, and a Beast Lab. Whoa, dude. Oh, my goodness. The, those, that is kind of a long list. That's a big, long list. All right. I love you. He's going upstairs. Oh, my God, he scared me when he said he was going to throw something a little different at me. You know, because they'll do that. Like, they'll change their mind day like the day before Christmas. They'll be like, by the way, completely changed my mind. And they don't realize Santa can't turn things around that fast. You know what I'm saying? Here's the good news. Everything on that list, though, I have good word from Santa. He's getting. So Santa actually brought me upstairs last night and, and uh, to the secret closet and uh, showed me. Showed me everything and uh my goodness this little boy is gonna have a wonderful christmas yeah it was an artsy weekend actually for my wife she had disney on ice yesterday friday night she went to annie i did not go to annie because her sister's in town and um she hadn't seen annie i've actually seen annie like twice so i you know i I, annie's great it's classic broadway but i didn't need to see it a third time especially when my wife had the opportunity to have a sister's night i was happy to just come in come home and be in and like have an early night especially because the night before thursday night we went to the rpo so i had had a late night on the thursday night and that was a wonderful experience uh oh my goodness rochester philharmonic orchestra nights you know 
I don't know if I'm sophisticated or if they're just that damn good, but you don't grow up thinking that you're going to love a classical music concert. But damn it, when you go and you're sitting in that theater and you're watching those musicians, you enjoy it. And I had a wonderful time. They got the kids' choir, 100 kids up there singing their little hearts out. The RPO musicians, of course, are just some of the most world-class. They're all world-class musicians, meaning some of the best in the world. The theater itself is beautiful. This was a rotary event, so we actually had a dinner just before that at the convention center. Then they bus us down to the... It was a stellar event. Just stellar event. Anyway, what was I talking about? Football, right? I, I don't know. Bills fans have had the roof caving in all year. I don't think they're in as much trouble as you think they're in. They've got one more tough game. The Bills are just so damn good at offense that they're going to always be they're always going to be like threatening to score. Just always. And when they play good teams, things happen. Like against the Chiefs last week, they play a good team. They're not going to put up 50 points or they are. That's the funny thing about when the Bills play the Chiefs. They're going to play each other tough. <laughs> or now they know each other so good they're going to play each other tough. Or they're just going to both put up 50 points. But um, I don't know. I, they beat the Chiefs. I think they stand a really good chance of beating the Cowboys today. I just think the Bills have so much offense. Their problem is everybody says it's the coaching. I don't know if it is the coaching. Their problem is decision-making. Josh Allen is a freak athlete, athletically better than any quarterback in the NFL probably. But I don't know if decision-making, if he's a top-10 quarterback. I just think he just doesn't always make the best decisions. That's all. And, uh, you know, that that'll you'll ride or die kind of with that. But I think they're going to be fine. I think they'd be – by the way, if they get to Miami, the Miami game in Week 18, and they are one game behind Miami, they win the division because they're going to beat the shit out of Miami. They always do. And they will own the tiebreaker. So as long as they're one game back on Miami going into that final week, they win that game, they win the division. That's all they got to be. They're going to be fine. Miami's got tough games still ahead. Speaking of that, for my Browns, the Ravens have a couple tough games still ahead. I think the Ravens still have the 49ers to go, at least the 49ers. I think they've got Jacksonville tonight, which is a team that can beat them. A couple losable games in a row. So I'm not, I'm holding out hope, baby. I'm holding out hope. Oh, what else? Um, The one thing I will say that was a bit of a regret for me this weekend is I missed the annual broadcast legends lunch that Don Alhart throws. Uh, I did have to bail on that at the last minute because I had an important lunch I had to go to with my partner, but we went to Ferrari's and I had a fantastic pizza, so that was pretty good. All right, bit of a shorter podcast. I love you guys. I appreciate you for listening. I wish you the absolute happiest holidays. I really don't know if I'll talk to you next week. I think I'm going to end up pretty busy on the morning of Christmas Eve running around finding ingredients, so thank you so much. You are appreciated, and um, I... uh, I'll talk to you soon, okay? Happy holidays, happy new year if I don't talk to you. Bye-bye.